16. Boy, what a great service. Say, how do y'all program that? You don't. You don't. If you did, I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, So I want that to happen all the time. So do I. But I'm not the one that controls it. Sometimes there'll be services of this nature. Sometimes there'll be services of rebuke. Sometimes there'll be services of reproof. Sometimes, Sometimes there'll be just an encouraging time. But God's the one that controls all that. And when he blows through... I just want to make sure I'm there when he does. Amen. In services like this, I I heard a preacher say one time, you need to get all you can and then can all you get. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. We're in Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 9. It's going to seem a little odd, uh, the type of service we are experiencing in the message for today. But there's no doubt in my mind Uh, I I believe this is what God wants us to hear. Now, before you go to thinking about who this pertains to, it's amazing to me. uh, Sometimes I'll I'll hear a message or I'll hear a a thought being taught or preached, and automatically somebody comes to my mind and says, Boy, so-and-so really needs to hear this. Now, before you go doing that this morning, just remember, it, it pertains to you. There's not a person in this room not one person in this room that this does not uh, pertain to, that, 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 that you do not have problems in this area. From the preacher all the way to the back wall, we all have issues in this area. And God cannot stand it. God cannot stand it. God is, uh, he's doing everything he can. We, we said that when we come to this house, we come hear the word so the word will change us. So that the word will conform us into the image of his son. And this is one area that we need to deal with. Five o'clock Monday morning, my eyes popped bright wide open. And God told me to preach on this subject. Did not give me an outline. Did not give me a place to start. He said, preach on the subject of pride. Pride all week long. I looked up some verses here and there. I looked up this this area of thought, and then I said, and then I got another outline. I said, boy, this outline right here would really go. And I tried to talk God into it, and God said, no. Talk about this subject. So let's pray that God will speak to us today. And, and this this needs to be your prayer. This needs to be your prayer. God, show me where I have a problem in this area. How many of y'all will help me and do that with your preacher? All right, Luke chapter number 18 in verse number 9. When you get there, say amen. Amen. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. In other words, one was very religious. One had all the law. One had, he he, he was the one that that talked right and and dressed right and and spit white. Say amen. I mean, he had it down. He had it going on. This other one was a sinner. He had a reputation. He was a tax collector. Uh, He was not one that, that the Jews would look highly upon. And the Bible says the Pharisee, the religious guy, he began to pray. And he said, "Uh, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Uh, Let me me break it down into Alabama talk. I I thank thee that I got a good haircut. I thank thee that uh, my wife has a dress on. 
I thank thee that I've got britches on. I thank thee that I talk the talk and I walk the walk. Are y'all with me? That's basically what he's saying. Or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, he would not even lift up as much as his eyes unto heaven, but he smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, what color is your writing? Who's talking? He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Now, y'all read this with me. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Now, Lord, I, I, I have the outline, but God, now I need the unction. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to say what I'm supposed to say. God, I don't want to preach this in the flesh. I don't want to preach this with a carnal mind. I want to be anointed by the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you'll help me deal with this. Lord, you showed me areas of my life that I didn't even realize I was prideful about. God, I, I ask your forgiveness, and I ask you to touch me and help me. Help me work on that area so I can be more like Christ. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Now, before we go any further, I want you to understand something. I believe you need to talk right. I believe you need to dress right. I believe you need to, uh, listen, you need to look like a Christian. I believe if you're a gentleman, you need to look like a gentleman. I believe if you're a lady, you need to look like a lady. I believe we're to dress modestly. I believe in all that stuff. I mean, I preach against everything but tap water, and I'll get on that if it gets too warm. Say amen. Listen, I believe in all that stuff. But when we go comparing ourselves and judging our Christianity, judging our righteousness by what somebody else does, we have big problems. Pride. Perilous pride. Uh, we know in, in the book of Luke chapter 14, I believe it's chapter 14, we have a similar situation. Jesus is in a dinner. Jesus is attending a dinner. And in that day, where you sat, where you sat was very pertinent to who you were. People that, uh, of higher stature, it kind of represented your, your classification in life and where you were in the culture. And, and, and listen, who you, depending on where you sat, told people how important you were. Well, Jesus saw people that were fussing and fighting and, and, and trying to shuffle around to get the best seats, to get the best rooms, to get the best area in the, in the, the feast there at the wedding. And he, he told a story, listen, it's, if, you're at a, if you're at a wedding, don't fight for the best seat. He said, take the lowest one and, and perhaps it might be that the, the, the host will take you and put you in a higher position. Because if you don't, you may, be, you may sit yourself in a higher position and some more honorable than you come, and he sits you down lower. Are you with me? Say amen. So we see two different situations. We see one at a social event. Then we see one in the house of God. Jesus is telling two different stories. He's telling two different situations about the same problem, the problem of pride. 
And he uses this, the one who exalts himself shall be abased. The one that humbles himself shall be exalted. In both of these situations, he says the same thing. Now, what is he trying to say by two stories, Luke 14 and Luke 18? Pride in your life will affect your relationship with others, and it will also affect your relationship with God. Pride. Pride. Listen, a minister received a Christmas card with a note from a lady in his congregation. He said she was, a con- she was complimentary uh, about his preaching and compared him with Billy Graham. She finished by writing, I think you are one of the really great preachers of all time. Later that day, when he showed the note to his wife, she asked, Who is that woman? Say amen right there. He replied, She is a very intelligent woman in the congregation who loves great preaching. He then asked his wife, How many great preachers do you suppose there really are in the world? And she said, One less than you think. Amen. (laughs) There's something about wives that will keep you humble. I need a witness. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes in our own mind, most people are legends in their own mind. Amen. And you know what? It affects people. It affects people. It affects how we are. It affects how we operate. It affects our, 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 our behavior and our conduct. You've got to understand something. You say, why are we even talking about this? Because God wants you Christ-like. God wants you to be in the image of His Son. God predestined, God purposed you to be conformed to the image of Christ. He wants you to be Christ-like in your behavior. He wants you to be Christ-like in your attitude. He wants you to be Christ-like in your thinking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He wants you to be in the image of His Son. And He did not have a bit of pride in Him. He was the creator of the world. He spoke the world into existence. He did everything. Listen, spoke it all into existence, yet he was the most humble man to walk on this planet. Pride. Pride is devastating. Listen, if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. I need to do this in a hurry because I got a whole pile of stuff. I'm like the bandit, man. I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Amen. Listen, I want to show you a few things this morning, and then then we're going to apply this. Now, I, I told you. I told you, before you ever start looking to your neighbor, just say, Lord, this pertains to me. Say that with me. Say it again. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at nobody but the mirror today. We're all going to do that. I'm going to do that. I ask the Lord today, show me something that I need to work on in my life to help me in this area. So let's, let's understand pride a little bit this morning. Number one, I want you to see the describing of pride. The describing of pride. We see in, 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 there's a few areas before, I want, I want to go through a checklist. And I, you, just, you just make up your own mind about it if you have this in your life to, that you deal with. But there's basically three, three areas that I've I seen and I want to talk about this morning about, about different areas of pride. A, there is the pride of ability. There is the pride of ability. Some people take pride in their ability to sing. Some people take pride in their ability to preach. Or uh, they take pride in their ability to teach. Or something that God has given them. And, and you say, well, what's wrong with that? When, it, when you begin to compare the way you do something to the way somebody else does something, it makes you feel better about yourself. That's wrong. That's wrong. And we begin to look at our abilities. You say, well, what, what's the big deal with that? Well, 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? As if thou hadst not received. You know what he's saying? If God gave you that ability, what are you bragging about? 
If God gave you that talent, if God gave you that ability, why are you holding that over somebody else's head? God gave it to you. You didn't have it on your own. Everything you got is from God, so why are you being proud of it? Listen, I promise you, we need to understand, if we have it, God gave it to us. And we need never, ever, ever take that for granted. There is the pride of ability. Then there's the pride of authority. There's the pride of authority. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Have you ever noticed a person that gets the position and they lose their mind? They're your buddy. Uh, they're your friend. Uh, they'll talk to you like somebody. Uh, they're a good person. They're humble. They're the best friend in the world. And they get one little title, and now they are the king of England. Listen, authority makes some people lose their mind. I got some great deacons in this room right here, right now. I've got some good deacons in this room, but I'm not going to call them a deacon because then they'll quit acting like a deacon. A deacon is a servant, one who serves, one who stands up. One of the most honorable men we have in our room is uh, Brother Mickle. Brother Mickle came to me the, the, the moment I got here, and he said, Preacher, if you want me to step down, I'll step down. Tell me what you want me to do, I'll do it. Most of the time, he has been to hospitals before I got there. You know why? He has a servant's heart. He does not have an authority problem. He knows where his job came from, and he gives God glory for it. But some people, you give them a position, you give them a place, you get, dear God, don't give them no office. Say Amen. Listen, we've got to be careful. The Bible says something about this. 1 Timothy 3, 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. But verse 6 says, But not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Listen, if you can't, if you can't follow, you can't lead. The best leader in the world is somebody who is willing to follow. Who's somebody, I've, I've helped these guys. Matter of fact, both of these guys right here, they do uh, a painting uh, on the side. That's their side deal. And, 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 and I've gone and I've helped both of them. And if you, you can ask both of them. When I'm on that job with them, I do what they say. I'm the pastor. I'm the leader. I'm the shepherd of this flock. And they follow me to the end of the world. But when I'm under their authority, I do what they say. If they want me to sand the wall, I'll sand the wall. If they want me to putty some trim, I'll putty some trim. If they want me to sleep the floor, sweep the floor, I'll sweep the floor. Why? I have no problem following. And if you have an issue there, if you have an issue there, then you have a problem with pride. Listen, I've cleaned toilets in this place. I picked up paper in this place. It doesn't matter to me. I'm no better than anybody else when it comes to that type of thing. There is a place of responsibility. There is a place where we respect the office of the pastor. But I'm here to tell you, he is a servant leader. And if you have an issue there, you need to talk to God and ask God to help you with that. There's the pride of ability. There's the pride of authority. But then there's the pride of abundance. It's amazing to me how people change when they get a little something. They come and pray and pray that God will bless their finances. They're in a bad way and God gives them a great job and then you hardly ever see them. It's amazing to me that you work hard for God and you pray and you, and you, you do all these things and you're serving God. Then when God blesses you, you can't hardly fight. Something's wrong. The Bible says in Luke 12, verse 15, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he gave a parable of a, a, a rich man. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. 
And, the, and, and this is what he said. He thought within himself, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater barns. And, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But watch what God says. God said, thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall all these things be which thou hast provided? Preacher, what are you saying? The pride of abundance. The pride of thinking you've got to have something. There's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We buy things that we do not need to impress people we do not like with money we do not have. Did y'all catch that? I'll slow it down a little bit. We buy things we do not need to impress people we do not like with money we do not have. Some of you are already biting your fingernails down to the quick. Some of you are already having to take Valium because December's right around the corner and you're trying to figure out how deep in debt you need to go to make your kids like you. It's pride. It's pride. Where have we gone in our country where we let pride rule what we do? You ever seen that neighborhood where he puts a certain amount of lights up so the neighbor puts a certain amount of lights up? Well, this time he's going to put a reindeer up. Well, this time the other one's going to put a Santa Claus up. I need a witness. That's not just on TV. It happens in real life. Pride. Spending money we don't even have. Listen. So I don't have problems with pride. Well, let's see. Let's go down a list right here. Let's, let's look at this list and see if we have it. Now, now, now how, how many of y'all are still with me? You still with me? Everybody's still with me? Now, look. If we don't look at this with an open mind... You're not going to be honest with yourself. And if you're not going to be honest with yourself, it's not going to help you, all right? Let's look at this, let's look at this checklist, see if we have, we have issues here. I probably don't have an issue here, but we'll just see, Brother Kendrick, if you have an issue here. Amen? All right. I enjoy being the center of attention. Uh, much of my conversation is filled with I. Did you hear what he said? What will I do? Uh, what did the Pharisee say? I'm glad I am not like this. Well, I do that and I do that. Isn't that kind of similar to what the devil sounded like? Listen, I find it difficult to admit that I'm wrong. Oh, look out. I find it difficult to admit that I'm wrong. I don't like to be corrected or changed. Woo. My feelings are easily hurt. I am impatient with other people's mistakes. Hmm. I don't get enough appreciation for all that I do. I seldom ask for help because I can probably do it better myself. Watch this. Here's a few questions. Does it irritate you when people don't agree with you? Mm-hmm. Y'all can lie if you want to, but I know. Do you think you're usually right and others are usually wrong? And all the wise said, Okay. <laughs> yeah, move along, preacher. Move along. Amen. Do you find it hard to compromise? Is it your way or no way? Do you find yourself giving more criticism than compliments? Think about that a minute. Do you find yourself giving more criticism than compliments? It's amazing. You know why we, we, we give criticism sometimes to make us look better? And we're all guilty. Wow. 
Uh, are you often critical of other people and pointing out their faults and failures rather than their good points? This is one I'm bad about. Are you quick to judge other people on first appearance? I, 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 let me just say, I remember Brother, uh, help me, help me, Brother, brother, uh, uh, oh, brother Dan, is it, uh, what's his last name? Brandon, Brother Dan Brandon, uh, he's in heaven right now. That dude's a, a he's he's different, or he was different. Hey Amen. He was he come to church first time I seen him. I thought that dude needs help right there. <laughs> now y'all laugh, y'all want to, y'all thought same thing too. Hey Amen. And when I finally got to meet him, got to know him, got man, he was a great guy. And you know why I thought that? Because he was different than me. He he wore suits a little different than me, and and, and I don't know why I was thinking that because I wear suits different than everybody. But I thought, well, he's not just like me. There's something wrong with him. Judging people on first appearance. Pride. Listen, do you seek huh, do you seek praise for things over which you have no control? Your beauty, your talents, your abilities. You, you seek praise over that when, when God's one gave them to you? Are you quick, or excuse me, if someone has hurt you or done you wrong in the past, do you hold bitterness and resentment against that person? Do you feel offended or not appreciated when not given credit for something you have done? This frog decided he was going to fly south for the winter. He's tired of being in that cold weather. He's tired of being in the pond. So he talked two of his bird friends into, into doing something for him. One bird got on one side, one bird got on the other, and there was a stick in between. Put it in their mouth so, so that, listen, those birds would fly and hold that stick, and that little frog jumped up there and grabbed it with his mouth and held on. So here we go, headed south. Little frog was proud of himself, proud of his idea. And here they go flying through the air, headed south for the winter. Two farmers were down on the ground and looking up there, said, my goodness, boy, wasn't that a great idea? I tell you what, them birds had a great idea. Well, the frog heard that. And it bothered him. Somebody else was getting credit for his idea. And all of a sudden, and, 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 and listen, the, the farmer said, well, what a great idea. And the, and the frog said, it was mine. <laughs> Preacher, what's the point? Sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut. Say amen. How many of y'all watch Fred Flintstone? Son, y'all was communists that didn't watch Fred Flintstone. Fred and Barney. Are y'all with me? You know. And Barney would always come up with a good idea, and Fred would always steal the idea. And you know what Barney would say? Good old Fred. You know we need some Barneys in the house of God who don't, get, who don't care who gets credit for it. I promise you this. You may not get credit on this side. They may not have seen you pick up that piece of paper. They may not have seen you pick up that person that was stranded. But I guarantee you this. There's an all-seeing-eye watching you. God is watching. Listen, do you often compete or compare yourself with someone else? Are you always trying to do better or have more than some other particular person? I'm competitive as anybody. I'm competitive as anybody. I want my team to win. I want to catch the biggest fish. I want to shoot the biggest deer. I, want, I just want my dog to treat the most coons. I mean, I'm, I'm as competitive as anybody. But when you start determining your stature by what you are compared to somebody else, then you have problems. 
if you cannot appreciate, this is bad. This is bad in the coon dog world. You might not be familiar with this, but I'm telling you, everybody wants their dog to be the best. But when you fail to appreciate the good dog work, you have problems. If your dog beats me, I'll shake your hand and say, man, good job, unless you cheated. Then we're going to fight. I'm just kidding. We're not going to fight. Are y'all with me? We get bent out of shape over pride. I, I, was, I was reading the news. I was reading the news this past week where somebody got in a, a knockdown drag out and got killed over a stupid ball game. That's the epitome of pride. Are y'all with me? Listen, if we have any of those areas in our life, we need to ask God to help us with that. That's the description of pride. But then I want you to see number two. I want you to see the danger of pride. The danger of pride. What makes, what makes pride so dangerous? What makes pride so dangerous? We see it's, danger, it's dangerous in its deception. It's dangerous. We see the danger in its deception. Someone once said that pride is the only disease that makes everyone sick but the one who's got it. Now think about that just a minute. Pride is the only disease that makes everyone else sick but the one who has it. The one who's eat up with it, that's always braggadocious, is always prideful about who they are, what they have. It makes everybody around them sick. And they don't even see it. They don't even see it. If you were to tell them, they'd get bowed up and mad about it and wouldn't listen to what you had to say because they're not about hearing critics. They already know everything. Isn't it amazing? Uh, Brother Dorgan, you, you work on Chevrolet Motors, and don't it, don't, it just, uh, don't it just impress you when somebody brings their broken car into you and then try to tell you how to fix it? Isn't that just encouraging? Well, I think you need to do I, I think you need to go sit in the yard while I fix your problem. Amen. We come, and, 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 and we, we expect somebody else to, but we already know the answers. Well, if we already know the answers, why are we still in the problem? Pride. Pride. Listen, it's deceptive because we don't think we need anything. We don't think we need anybody. An addict will stay in the addiction because he thinks he can fix it himself. Marriage problems stay in marriage problems because, listen, one or the other, most of the time it's the male, but one or the other is not willing to go get some help about it because he don't want somebody else to think he ain't got it all together. Well, I got news for you. They ain't nobody's got it all together. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. Does it not? It says, it talks about praying. Now, I don't, think that, I don't think God expects us to vomit up every little detail about any problem, issue, sin. We, I don't think that's the case. But I think God wants us to be willing to come to our brothers and sisters and say, Hey, I've got a problem. I need you to help me pray about this. But we won't. We'll sit in it. We'll wallow in it. We'll, listen, we'll stay in it. And it'll kill us and destroy us because we're too prideful to get help for it. Pride. It's dangerous because of its deception. Galatians chapter 6 verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Proverbs 26, 12, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope for a fool than of him. Do you understand what that's saying? 
The man who thinks he already has it down, the man who thinks he already knows it all, you can't help him. Preacher, I need you to talk to so-and-so. I really, man, he's, he's, I said, look, I've tried to talk to that person, but he already knows everything. Now, if you're counseling somebody and you're trying to help somebody and they already know it all, you can't help them. You cannot help them. And then you get burdened down about it, but I got some good news for you. You are not responsible for the pain in others who will not follow your counsel. I remember, I remember before I got to know better, when me and Tammy first got married, we'd argue about something. She'd be in the bedroom, I'd be on the couch. Depends on how heated it was. Amen? I might have been further away than that. Amen? And I'd sit there, bless God, I'm going to show her. You know what? Then I growed up a little bit and realized, and, and the whole time, the whole time I'm in there, cold and, and, and lonely and, and I was wanting to be back in there cuddle up next to her but I'm going to show her and I kept myself from what I really wanted because I was too prideful to admit I was stupid not anymore I mean, really. And it's all about winning the argument. Who won? Who gives in? Yeah, yeah, you won. You're on the couch. You won. Have you really won? I need a witness. Some of you cowardly men say amen sometime today. It would help. Hallelujah. Pride. And I got to thinking, it's not worth fighting. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. You know what he's saying? I found something worth fighting over, and that ain't worth fighting over. Come here, baby. Mm-hmm. I'll ask forgiveness in a minute. Hallelujah. Bless God, I ain't getting on that couch again. Amen. But I'd sit there. I'd sit there. And, then, and all it was was pride. Even though I knew she made sense in her argument, It wasn't my deal. I was on the other side of it, but I wasn't willing to give in. Pride. Now, y'all can sit there and laugh, but you're doing it to keep from crying because you know I'm right. You got things you need to talk to your wife about or you need to talk to your husband about, and it's been broiling for years, and you won't get it right because of your pride. Swallow it. If you got to take some Pepto, swallow it. You'll feel a whole lot better. Listen, pride and its deception. Pride is dangerous because of its destruction. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humbling spirit. I looked this up. I'm not 100 million percent positive on this, but I I looked up, tried to get some resources and and, and to see if this was true. I heard it was true. But Walter Lord, he attributed in a book, A Night to Remember, about the Titanic. He attributed it to a deckhand saying it uh, at Southampton on April 10th, 1912. uh, Supposedly to a lady named Miss Sylvia Caldwell, second-class passenger. She was asking about the ship. Is it safe? Is it really unsinkable? There had been word and rumors that this was an unsinkable ship. And supposedly this man said, listen, a shipmate said to this woman, even God couldn't sink this ship. 
Well, we know what happened. Now, I've heard it attributed to other people, whether it was said or not. Many things like that has been the case. We see ball players. How many of y'all have ever seen on the, it was one of the Discovery Channels or one of them, Beyond the Glory? Beyond the Glory. It takes a ball player who, who was, who's made millions and had much glory and then fell, went through disaster in their life. Why? Because they was lifted up in pride. Thought they were bigger than life. Listen, pride is dangerous because of its destruction. Then number three, let's finish. We see the, we see the description of pride, the describing of pride, the danger of pride. Well, let's look at the dealing with pride. How we deal with it. How do we deal with it? Well, there's two ways it's going to be dealt with. I'm, I'm speaking primarily to Christians, but if you're not saved, you may not be saved today because of pride. You may not think you need God, but I promise you today, you need God. You need God. But as a Christian, as a Christian, as, as a Christian in God's house, there's two ways that pride will be dealt with. Two ways. Two ways. Well, the first way, A, is self-involvement. You can deal with it. You can work on it. You can address it. You say, how do I do that? First, by recognizing it. Recognizing it. Recognizing an area. You say, well, how will I recognize it? Because God will tell you. I was out, me and Brother Josh was talking uh, this week, and Josh hadn't been saved, what, two weeks? Three weeks? Two weeks, I guess. And, and uh, you know what's funny? When he goes to do something wrong, and, and, and it's not in this book, the same God that tells me it's wrong has told him. People come to my office all the time. Preacher, is it okay to do this? No. And see, God's already told them. And I know that because if God told me, he will tell them. But they want me to say yes to ease their conscience. So they think they can go to God and say, uh, well, the preacher said it was okay. But I've got news for you. No matter what I say, if God already told you no, it's no. But... We need to recognize it. We need to see it. That list of things, I know it hit some people. I know it hit me. There's areas in my life I need to work on. We need to ask God, open my eyes to areas in my life that are prideful, areas in my life that I need to deal with. Recognize it, but then repent for it. Come to God. It's a sin. Come to God and make things right. So, How can I recognize pride in me? Here's some indications pride is keeping up in your life. A spotty prayer life, a spotty prayer life, it will, it will indicate pride. A spotty prayer life suggests that I'm not actively relying on God, not aware of my need for Him. Weariness, getting wore out with the ministry is often the result of trying to do more than God intends, which means I'm not letting Him order my day. Anger. Anger. You see, you didn't realize anger was connected with pride. You say, how is it connected with pride? Anger often can mean that I'm not trusting God's sovereign plan and timing and am trying to take control from Him. Did y'all get that? Things happen in our life that make us angry. What, what are we really saying by getting angry and losing our temper? We're saying we're not trusting God. That God does not know what he's doing by bringing this into our life. 
And we get angry about it because, number one, we think we're above it. We don't deserve to be treated this way. I got news for you. The only thing we deserve is to be in hell today. But God in His mercy and grace has forgiven us of our sin. He has redeemed us and put our name in the Lamb's book of life. He is preparing us a home in heaven. We all deserve hell today. We need to get off our high horse and take our halo out and put it in our pocket. We are all sinners saved by grace. We all came to the cross the same way. We were all going to the same hell. We need to swallow our pride. But you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they did to Christ. Listen, anger indicates pride, a critical spirit. The sorry act of bringing others down in order to lift up myself often points to an inflated sense of self. A defensive reaction to criticism. A defensive reaction to criticism. You can't take somebody, uh, listen, critiquing, and I'm not saying, I, I, don't, I don't like a whole lot of criticism. I mean, if it's justified, I, I say, Lord, does this pertain to me? Does this pertain to me? Is this something I... Now, watch this. Every problem you face in life is just an opportunity to get better. Anytime you face a problem, anytime you face a crisis, it's God showing you an area of your life you can get better at. And that's the way we need to take it. And that's the way we need to look at it. Taking responsibility for success. Taking responsibility for success. I'm a self-made person. No, you're not. Your breath comes from God. Your ability comes from God. Your life comes from God. Your job comes from God. I need a witness. It's all about Him. It never was about us. We've lost sight of God's gracious and undeserved provision. Impatience about having to listen. Impatience about having to wait or serve or be anonymous or be led by someone else. All hint at underdeveloped sense of importance overdeveloped sense of importance. How about this? Unwillingness to associate or get to know a certain person or people who do not live up to your standards. Amen. God help us to recognize these things. I need to recognize it so I can deal with it. Because this brings us to the last point. If there is not self-involvement in dealing with pride, the second thing is repent, y'all. If y'all taking notes, number two is repent. B, in dealing with pride, if there is not self-involvement, there will be sovereign intervention. Sovereign intervention. What does that mean? If you belong to God, God will get your attention. There is nobody, there is nobody in this room that God has let go there is no, and don't, don't be shutting nothing up. Just, just put your pens down and look up at me because i got a few things to say right here. There is nobody in this room that God is just going to turn loose. If you are saved, if you are born again, if you know the Lord is your personal Savior, I promise you, you are on His agenda. You are on His day planner. He is going to work every single day of the year to conform you to the image of His Son. He's not going to let you slide or glide. He will get your attention. And if you have pride in your life, He will humble you. If you do not humble yourself, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. It says, come before Him and humble yourself. If you do not humble yourself, He will humble you. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, 
Nebuchadnezzar had a great kingdom. He had great power. He had great glory. And he said, look what I have done. And God smote him down. Sent him out to live like a crazed maniac, like an animal out in the forest until his hair grew out, matted out. His fingernails grew out, his claws. And this is what he said. This is what he found out when God was through with him. Daniel 4.37 Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are true, his ways are judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. God will bring you down. God humbled David. Listen, when he sinned with Bathsheba and he paid fourfold, God humbled Samson. Samson had an anointing. Samson had a purpose. Samson had a calling and he toyed with it. He played around with it. He was messing around with Delilah and played jokes and played games with the anointing God gave him. Played around with the calling that God had given him and God took it away from him and humbled him. You say, I'm anointed, I've got a calling, I've got talent, I've got ability. Just as fast as God gave it to you, God can take it away. They captured him, God took his hand off of him, jabbed his eyeballs out, and they came and mocked him. God humbled Samson. Listen, God humbled Peter. Peter said, they can all deny you. I won't run. I won't leave. He said, Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me thrice. Peter said, not me. Not me. But that's exactly what he did. Before the cock crew, he denied him three times. And the Bible said he went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. Listen, he humbled Peter. God humbled Jim Baker. God humbled Jimmy Swaggart. Listen, God humbled these men. Got too big for their britches. It's amazing to me what God will do. I remember talking with Preacher Brown. Preacher Brown, uh, Dr. Brown from Victory Baptist Church where we went to Bible college. He was talking about this subject. He said when he was a younger preacher, he was a younger preacher. He, God had a touch on him. He had anointing. He had a favor of God. And he said he was preaching a funeral. He just a young preacher. He was preaching a funeral. And the funeral director come up to him after the funeral was over. And said, man, what a fine job. Boy, that was one of the best messages I've ever... Man, I tell you what, that was unbelievable. And he turned around and was going to say, when you got it, you got it. And about the second got it, he said, when you got it, you... And fell in the hole that the grave was. Preacher, what are you saying? God humbled him. After he dug himself out of that hole, he didn't have it no more. Listen, God humbled me. I remember one time in college when... When, when I, when one, of the, one of the highlights of being in college as you turned in outlines, as you came and outlined the scripture, you had homiletics class and you had to turn in an outline every week. And, and one of the outlines that I turned in, it was, a, it was a great joy when Preacher Brown would use that outline in the big service. It was a good enough outline that it would, it, he would take it and use it. Well, he took it and used it in Sunday school first. And everybody went to me and said, Oh, Malcolm, he's got your outline. He used it in... And man, I'm swelling up. Yeah, that's my outline. I'm the one wrote that thing. Yes, and I'm, and I'm just, just about to blow up. Well, that afternoon, Preacher Brown went and, 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 and did an in-depth study on that particular chapter and that particular outline. And that outline had nothing to do with that chapter. And he come and told the whole church that night, this is what was said this morning, but let me tell you what it really means. And everybody in the college turned around and looked at me. What are you saying? Humble yourself or God will. I remember when me and Tammy were first talking and 
and sweet on each other and 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 you know you want to put out the best foot forward and and try to make a good impression well one of the one of the uh the president of the college came to us we were sitting in in, in the service and came out to me and said preacher I want you to come up and say a word real quickly uh just five minutes come and and, and say a verse or uh, uh uh say a word uh real quickly and i was all excited Bless God, I got this verse I got memorized. I'm going to get up there and throw down it. And I got up, and it, and it was God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. Just memorize it that week. Well, I got up, and I stood here, and all of a sudden God took everything away that I had memorized, everything away that I knew. I said, God is our refuge and strength. And, 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 and by that time, preacher said, in a very present help in the time of trouble, and son, are you in trouble? Young preacher, young preacher got up to preach. I mean, when they called his name, he ran up the stairs, got behind the pulpit and laid an egg. I mean, just couldn't, it just fumbled all over himself, couldn't get his words out, couldn't say it right. When he was through, he said, amen, and just kind of walked back down to his pew. The old man of God was sitting there. The young preacher said, I don't know what happened. He said, I had it all down. I had the illustrations. I had... I had the points. I just know I had what God wanted me to say. The old man of God looked at him and said, if you would have went up like you came down, you would have came down like you went up. Preacher, what are you saying? Some of the trouble you're having in your life right now is not because everybody else is stupid. It's because you're full of pride. And you're facing difficulty, you're facing problems. Because God's trying to get pride out of your life. What I'm tired of it will swallow your pride. If you have a problem, say you got a problem. If you have a need, say you have a need. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. You know why? Because you're going to keep running into that problem till you make things right with God. Because if there is not self-involvement, there will be sovereign intervention. You trying to be mean? No, I'm trying to rescue you. Because it's coming. Why would God do that? Because whom he loveth, he chasteneth. Now church, we're as close to the will of God as we've ever been. It's proven, God's showing it with these teenagers that are leading people to Christ, with the teenagers that are getting saved, with the people that's getting help in our small groups. And some of you need to swallow your pride. Swallow your pride and say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to have what you want me to have. Just swallow it. It may not taste good going down, but that aftertaste is something else. You know what that aftertaste is? Peace. Some of you need to get with your wife or your husband and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some of you kids need to get with your parents say, I'm sorry. Hey, some of you parents need to get with your kids and say, I'm sorry. How many times we've lost our temper, lost our temper and said things we shouldn't have said and then won't go make it right with our kids because we're too prideful. God help us. We'll knock over the salt or knock over our drink and do it on accident. But then when little Johnny does it, we'll raise Cain because we had a bad day at work and take it out on them. I've been guilty of this. 
And I've had to come back and say, I'm sorry. Listen, let's not be so prideful that we can't admit when we're wrong. Why? Because you're going to raise kids that will do the same thing. Church, say amen. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us today. God, I know, I know there's areas of my life that's so full of this mess. And God, I don't want the destructive activity that comes along with it. God, help me to swallow my pride. Help me to swallow my pride when I'm wrong. Help me.